and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. As this hell of a year draws to a close, I wanted to do something a little more easygoing, but still very scary. Today is a sort of grab bag of high strangeness and ghosts and murder? Question mark? <laughs> You'll see why. <laughs> Back when I had a Patreon, I would do these things called casual reads, where I would read an article or about a topic, and instead of just sk- sticking to a script, I would keep it light and add my own commentary in between. In fact, the last two stories on this episode are from Patreon and have never been released publicly, but I just think they're too great to keep in my dusty old archives. So many of you have reached out to me this year to tell me that. You listen to my show because it feels like talking to a friend, and that makes me feel so good, like beyond amazing. I'm so happy I can bring some comfort to anyone, and I hope this episode brings you even more comfort. So grab your beverage of choice. I'm going with this fancy tea I got for Christmas. I think it's called Dove Oolong. Get cozy, and up first, I'm going to tell you all about some weird shit I found on the internet. So, I'm going to try to edit out clicks and things, but I am actually going off script, and we're going to investigate this together. You all loved my dark Reddit episode. Well, I can't say all of you, I don't know that for sure, but a lot of you loved my dark Reddit episode. Oops, squeaky chair is back. Um, <laughs> and, um, I, I love weird stuff that has been on reddit i don't know why i just corrected me saying shit it's my show i can say whatever i want (laughs) um so i love creepy stuff on reddit um there are some great resources for stuff like uh if you watch the youtube channel nexpo um or rainbot both of them do some great spooky reddit stuff um and this is one that i've known about for a while uh i can't remember what year it actually came out oh it looks like about five years ago Uh, i had to use the um the wayback machine you know the archive website uh because the user deleted it and luckily someone in the comments of the first one or it was a separate post but they said i feel like this person's gonna delete this so i'm going to immediately put it on the uh archive website which i'm so glad they did um because yes The user did end up deleting it, and you'll see why. So, this one was submitted originally on February 23rd, 2015, um, by user Concerned Hubs, and it was posted in the subreddit Legal Advice. So, Concerned Hubs, this is his query he posed to the subreddit. Oh, and before I begin, February 23rd in 2015 was a Monday, and he is about to talk about a Saturday. So it's been about two and a half, three days. Okay, here we go. My wife has not returned home since she went out shopping late Saturday. It's getting to the point where I should call the police to file a missing persons report. I would like to be as helpful as possible when speaking to the police, but 
want to avoid triggering any suspicions about me. I hear a lot of stories about husbands being falsely accused when something happens. Should I only give them information in response to specific questions? Is there anything I should not bring up? I'm planning on contacting the police tomorrow morning. I can't postpone much longer, as I'm getting messages asking about her and don't want to say anything to her friends or family until I file the report first. I now realize that I should have talked to her friends and family first, but at this point I don't want to explain why I didn't file a report yet. So draw from that what you will, but pretty quickly a lot of accusations came in. For instance, the very first comment is, So, where do you hide her body? Seriously, just from this fucked up post, I think you killed her. And another comment. This is, if true, one of the most fucked up posts I have ever seen on here, and that's really saying something. Your wife disappears for 48 hours, and you have not yet contacted authorities, when most people would do it within a few hours. You haven't contacted her friends and family to ask if they've seen her, or to let them know there's a problem. Even now, you plan to contact police tomorrow morning, waiting yet another 12 hours for no reason whatsoever. Before contacting police, however, your main concern is to avoid suspicion on yourself. You're asking about procedural questions for talking to police when, for all you know, your wife could be kidnapped, injured, or worse. You demonstrate no concern for her safety whatsoever, only concern for yourself. When yet another commenter told him he needs to be calling the police right now and that his suspicion should never deter him, concerned hubs replied, I was going to tell the police that I waited, because I didn't think that they'd do anything anyway until after 48 hours have passed, just past that a few hours ago. This is true, but I'm wondering if it will sound reasonable to the police. And a few people said that that is not true, that you should call the police right away anyway, even if he thought that was true. Someone else said if they hadn't heard from their wife since Saturday, they'd be totally freaking out, and concerned hubs said, well, I am totally freaking out. In addition to being concerned about my wife, I'm worried that this will snowball into something more than a missing wife case. It seems that the police can be overly suspicious in these situations. Which the comment, another commenter replied, Yeah, but the point is that your wife is missing, and your priorities seem very ass-backwards. If anything, this just makes you look more suspicious. And concerned Hub said, I plan on making it very clear to the police that my top priority is to get my wife back home safe. Someone else said, <laughs> this sounds a lot like Gone Girl. You trolling? If not, then you're perhaps the most irrational person to show up here in a while. If that's the case, then I hope your wife is okay. Concerned Hub said, never seen Gone Girl and am not trolling. What have I said that's irrational? I just want to avoid this situation from developing into more than it has to be. So, speaking of trolling, this post ended up in the subreddit, subreddit drama, where a lot of people accused concerned hubs of being a troll, especially because he had actually posted in the Ask Reddit forum this question, which has now been deleted. When writing physical notes to loved ones, do you do so by pen or type them out? Well, that is an important detail because I haven't given you his update yet on the original post. And his update was this. Update. 
It turns out that she left a note for me, saying that she was leaving town for a while to spend time with an old friend, so there's no need to report her missing as of now. I'm going to have my wife's best friend make some calls to my wife's family and friends to let them know she's okay. Hmm. You know, I I see why a lot of people called this person a troll. Uh, this is, it's a lot. This is a lot. <laughs> it seems like uh, the one of the dumbest murderers ever, and it just seems preposterous, but... I will invite you, if you have not listened yet, to go back to my episode titled Dark Reddit. I believe it was episode 97. Don't be that impressed about me remembering that number. I just recently looked it up. So um, we had the entire saga, tragic, tragic saga of Jason in hell, who came to relationship advice and asked for advice on his cheating wife. And that, I won't spoil it here if you haven't heard it yet. But that turned out to be an actual case full of a lot of tra- Get ready to cry. I'm crying again just thinking about it. Um, that turned out to be very, very real. And a lot of people accused him of being a troll before uh, the actual articles came out. And it was proven that this was very much not a troll. And it was something very tragic that happened in his life. So that's why I, I hesitate to say that this is a troll. Um, concerned Hub's popped up on that subreddit drama and this he this says update number three and i assume there was one he meant update number one was maybe the one on the original post and then there was another update which i couldn't really find i it's a mess the the original post didn't have many comments only about 130 but then once it hit subreddit drama it became just thousands of comments and so it's kind of it's a little hard to pick through um i'm going to see if I can find update number two, Um, but as of right now, here's update number three. Update three. I got banned from legal advice because some idiot pretending to be my sister-in-law created user concerned sis nine and posted about her sister being missing. Since this idiot created an account with a similar name to my username, the moderators apparently assumed our accounts were related. Anyway, As I reported in my last update, the phone call from my wife's best friend to my wife's family did not go over well. I got some nasty phone messages from father-in-law and sister-in-law shortly after she called them, and they said that they'd be calling the police immediately. Since I wasn't in the mindset to deal with the police today, (laughs) jeez, sorry, uh, I decided to stay in a hotel the next town over tonight. By late afternoon, I finally reconnected with wife's friend. It turns out that my wife's family started acting suspicious towards my wife's friend. Turns out that the bitch sister-in-law who had previously made accusations against me is now making BS claims about wife's friend. The sister-in-law had it in for me since a few days before the wedding and is very bitter about not being able to influence her sister like she could before. The constant meddling by my sister-in-law and father-in-law are actually why we moved to Kansas about six months ago. Ooh, we got a location, Kansas. If it wasn't for my piece of shit in-laws, I would probably, I probably would have called the police much earlier. It's partly because of the false accusations and meddling by them that I was concerned about potential suspicions in the first place. So at this point, we are just holed up in a hotel for the night and we'll decide what to do tomorrow morning. So apparently at this point, which this was posted on February 24th, a day after the original post, uh, he's with his wife holed up 
in a hotel room. <laughs> I did find the troll post that they were talk that he he had mentioned, um, and it is by Concerned Sis Nine, and she titled it, "Haven't talked to my sister since Saturday, and her husband is acting suspicious." Um, and Concerned Hubs replied, and this is, must be when he got banned. He said, you're clearly a troll. I made the post regarding my missing wife, and you apparently find my nightmare situation humorous. So, that is the saga of Concerned Hubs. There's not much other, not much else. I, I combed through the comments. A lot of people, just a lot of people calling him a troll. Him saying, I'm not a troll. Um, and... In fact, whoever created Concerned Sis even went through and claimed that they are also not a troll. But I am creative. So is my sister. Don't know what that... I think they were trying to make it seem like... You know what? You get it. You get it. I don't have to explain it to you. You get it. Um, yeah, a lot of... There was a few people going at bat for him that was just like, we shouldn't outright claim that he's you know he's guilty we shouldn't just say that maybe he really is just really afraid of being you know um accused but he did seem much more concerned about being accused of murder than he was of finding his wife was this a troll i don't know again i go back to jason and hell um because that situation was it it could have seemed so far-fetched, just so far-fetched. It was just a lot of details, a lot of weird things that happened, um, especially when it comes to, like, the affair and him having to be friends with the guy her his wife had an affair with. It was so bananas and so, you know, just it was a lot, and it did seem at the time to a lot of people, like, Jason and Hell was trolling, and it, he definitely was not. None of that was a lie. None of it was trolling. It was all very bad. So that's why I just, again, I am just reiterating all over again. I'm, that's why I hesitate in saying this was a troll. It's very creepy, though. Very creepy. If true, terrifying. Honestly, terrifying because his updates make no sense. I mean, he said that, oh, she's out of town visiting a friend. And then the very next day, oh, we're, we're in a hotel room together. And, oh, it's because my, my bitch of a sister-in-law, just she's just a bitch. And she just always had these... Con and that's another thing, another layer of... She's always had these concerns about me. Okay. Yeah, I can see why. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you think. I'll... You know, I always put up a discussion thread in the Facebook group. I also just recently um, started a, a Discord server for Scary to Sleep. I'll put a link to that in the show notes too. join the discord. It's so much fun. There's already, you know, just some super fun people in there. And I think that's a perfect place to actually have discussions about the episodes, especially these true story episodes. I do well, true in quotes, because we don't know uh, if concerned hubs was a troll or not, but um, you know, it's fun to discuss. I'd like to hear if you think he was, I'd love to hear if maybe you guys found something that I didn't, I don't know. These next two stories are, they were previously on Patreon, and like I said in the beginning, they are just, I think you all really enjoy them, and since Patreon doesn't exist anymore, or my Patreon doesn't, Patreon still very much exists, my personal one does not exist, they're just sitting in my computer, you know, collecting dust, you know, why, 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 when I could share them with all of you, and I think they're both very interesting, very, uh, just very interesting stories. 
my vocab went out the window. Sometimes do you ever have this where you're like your internal thesaurus just shuts off and you can't think of multiple words for things? Oh, happens to me a lot. Um, so yeah, this first one from Patreon. Um, I don't know why I keep saying Patreon. This is now no longer a part of Patreon. It is for you here on the main page. This first one is, I'm going to go with the Reddit theme, um, one more time. And it is the most, hmm, touching and intriguing things I've ever read on Reddit, which says a lot because Reddit is a rabbit hole of fascinating things. And you, many of you who have been with me for the last two years know one of my biggest, uh, you know, points of interest in the paranormal realm is time slips and things like that, other dimensions. And this is it's very popular it's i call it the lamp story um you know what i i think i did a whole intro in this i think i'm gonna keep it in i'll just let past shelby tell you what's up (laughs) in the most recent true horror episode on the normal feed I mentioned a story that I think I called the lamp story from Reddit. As you all know, I'm incredibly intrigued by different dimensions and time slips and doppelgangers, and I believe this fits into whatever you would call that category of paranormal phenomenons. (laughs) It could be totally fake. Some of you may even think that it's silly to even entertain something so far-fetched, but it really made me think. In fact, more than made me think. It kind of shook me to my core when I first read it. Whether you believe it or not, it's an incredibly tragic tale. For a little background, eight years ago, a question was asked in the Ask Reddit subreddit. That question was, have you ever felt a deep personal connection to a person you met in a dream, only to wake up feeling terrible because you realize they never existed? I know personally that I have had that feeling before, Um, even with people who do exist, but not in the capacity they did in my dream. Um, And this isn't always romantic, you know, there's, there are many different ways to have feelings for people. And I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that, but it's, it's a really bizarre feeling. I mean, I had a dream recently, I will not tell you what it was, but I woke up the next day, I was depressed for, I got probably like two days because this dream was not real and the people I interacted with are people I don't actually interact with on a daily basis. And um, yeah, and to be perfectly frank, I've been very anxious this month and going through a teeny bit of depression, but still, I've had them before during times when I wasn't in such a dark place and I don't know. I just think it's really interesting. So the lamp story was one of the answers. Um, I don't really think it's called the lamp story. I just keep calling it that because that's how I always remember it. But um, here is what this person wrote. And feel free to comment. Um, You know, tell me your opinion. You can tell me that you think I'm a loon. Or, you know, you can tell me about a similar experience you had. If you had a similar experience, please tell me. If you feel comfortable, of course. Um, So here we go. 
So this was a parallel life slash awoken by a lamp. I think this is what someone, because I actually found this on a different subreddit where someone had saved it just in case that particular comment all uh, um, ever got deleted. Here we go. Throw away account, because this is really personal. My last semester at a certain college, I was assaulted by a football player for walking where he was trying to drive. Note, he was 325 pounds, I was 120 pounds. While unconscious on the ground, I lived a different life. I met a wonderful young lady. She made my heart skip and my face red. I pursued her for months and dispatched a few jerk boyfriends before I finally won her over. After two years, we got married, and almost immediately she bore me a daughter. I had a great job, and my wife didn't have to work outside of the house. When my daughter was two, she, my wife, bore me a son. My son was the joy of my life. I would walk into his room every morning before I left for work and doted on him and my daughter. One day, while I was sitting on the couch, I noticed that the perspective of the lamp was odd, like inverted. It was still in 3D, but just wrong. It was a square lamp base, red with gold trim on four legs and a white square shade. I was transfixed. I couldn't look away from it. I stayed up all night staring at it. The next morning, I didn't go to work. Something was just not right about that lamp. I stopped eating. I left the couch only to use the bathroom at first. Soon, I stopped that too, as I wasn't eating or drinking. I stared at the fucking lamp for three days before my wife got really worried. She had someone come and try to talk to me. By this time, my cognizance was breaking up, and my wife was freaking out. She took the kids to her mother's house just before I had my epiphany. The lamp is not real. The house is not real. My wife, my kids, none of that is real. The last 10 years of my life are not fucking real. The lamp started to grow wider and deeper. It was still inverted dimensions. It took up my entire perspective, and all I could see was red. I heard voices, screams, all kinds of weird noises, and I became aware of my pain. A fucking shit ton of pain. The first words I said were, I'm missing teeth and opened my eyes. I was laying on my back, on the sidewalk, surrounded by people that I didn't know. Lots were freaking out. I was completely confused. At some point, a cop scooped me up, dragged slash walked me across the sidewalk and grass, and threw me face down in the back of a cop car. I was still confused. I was taken to the hospital by the cop. Seems he didn't want to wait for the ambulance to arrive and give CT scans and shit. I went through about three years of horrid depression. I was grieving the loss of my wife and children and dealing with the knowledge that they never existed. I was scared that I was going insane as I would cry myself to sleep, hoping I would see her in my dreams. I never have, but sometimes I see my son, usually just a glimpse out of my peripheral vision he is perpetually five years old, and I can never hear what he says. Edit. 24 hours after post. Never thought anyone would read this. 
I changed a line so it no longer seems like my two-year-old daughter bore a child. I have never seen Inception or the Star Trek episode so many have mentioned, but I will eventually. I will not do an AMA. I've had many PMs describing similar experiences and three posters stating such experiences are impossible. I'd say more research needs to be done on brain functions. Pre-med students don't assume you know everything. A few have asked if they can write a book slash screenplay slash stage play slash rage comic, etc. Please consider this tale open source and have fun with it. And that's the end of the lamp story. So tell me what you think. And our last um, true in quotes, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, chat for the night is about Carl Pruitt. Have any of you heard, have, you heard, have any of you heard <laughs> of Carl Pruitt? If not, you're about to find out. Again, this would be another one that would be really fun to discuss with you. I can't wait. So for this week's companion episode, I thought we would talk about a killer ghost. Toby had me thinking about the what-ifs of this week's story. What if a ghost was responsible for a murder, or several murders? I know some of you may not believe in ghosts, but just play with me. Well, I went searching, and I found a really crazy story that I actually hadn't heard of before in all my paranormal curiosity over the years. I have no idea the validity of any of the deaths in this story, I usually try to look up local records, but no town name is given anywhere. So it could be a series of tragic coincidences, the fury of a vengeful spirit, or total bullshit. I have no idea, but it sure is a fun tale, so here it is. This is the story of Carl Pruitt, the killer ghost. So, in 1938, a Kentucky man named Carl Pruitt arrived home from work to find his wife in the throes of passion with another man. The man immediately fled, leaving Mrs. Pruitt to deal with Carl's wrath. Carl strangled his wife with a chain, then, seeing what he had done, committed suicide. He and his wife were buried in separate cemeteries. Curious locals and visitors to the cemetery that Carl was buried in soon noticed something odd about Carl's headstone. A discoloration was forming, and it looked just like a chain. According to one account I read, the chain grew until it formed the shape of a cross. A few locals said it looked like a bad omen, but the headstone remained. A month or so goes by, and some little boys decide to ride their bikes to go see this creepy headstone. One boy, James Collins, thought he would impress his friends by throwing rocks at the headstone they were all so afraid of. One rock chipped the headstone. As the group of boys rode home, James's bike lost control and he crashed. Somehow the chain had come off and wrapped itself around the boy's neck, killing him. After that, of course, the curious locals had to go look at the gravestone again, not just for the chain cross, but for the chip that had been broken off after young James had thrown that fateful rock. However, there was no damage to the headstone. It was perfectly intact. As the rumors and uneasiness grew that James had been murdered by the ghost of Carl Pruitt, James's mother, fraught with grief, 
went to the cemetery with an axe and demolished the stone until it lay in dozens of pieces in the grass. The following day, she was hanging her laundry to dry on a line. When, you guessed it, somehow she slipped and fell and became entangled in the wash line. One account I found even went as so far as to say, unlike most people who use rope or wire for their washing, the Collinses used, yep, a chain. Mrs. Collins was strangled just like her son. So, this next part is just peak horror movie stupidity. So, these farmers are riding by the cemetery on a horse-drawn carriage. They begin to discuss the killer ghost. One farmer declares that he isn't afraid of any stupid ghost rumor. So, he pulls out a gun and fires it at the headstone. I mean, that's just stupid for a multitude of reasons, but especially, going back to horror movie logic... Everyone in the theater is screaming, you're going to (laughs) die. Oh, did I also mention that he fired it from the carriage, causing the horses to freak out and take off? Well, old MacDonald was thrown from the carriage, the reins wrapped around his neck, and broken. Also, just for transparency, I read quite a few different write-ups about this particular case, and a few of them don't mention the farmers. So if you decide to research this on your own, sometimes the farmers are there... Sometimes it skips right to the policeman. Policeman, you ask? Yes, policeman. This story keeps getting more and more bananas. So this is another one that has a few different little versions. Some say that the policemen were on a normal route and decided to stop and take pictures with Carl's grave just for funsies. And some say that they were actually called out to the cemetery by the townspeople to investigate after all the spooky strangulations going around. Anyway, both stories have the officers driving away after finding nothing, obviously. But one of them looks into the rearview mirror as they drive off and sees a light rising from the grave of Carl Pruitt. Not only did it rise, but it began to move towards them, as if it was chasing them. The officer in the driver's seat began to speed up, trying to outrun this demon light. His partner allegedly begged him to slow down, but the driver lost control and swerved off the road between two posts. It rolled several times, and the passenger was thrown from the vehicle. He was only mildly injured, but his partner was not so lucky. The two posts the car had flown between had a chain hanging between them, you see, and it was wrapped around the driver's neck with such force that it had nearly severed it. After the officer's death, the entire cemetery became a sort of no-go zone for the locals. Oh, but my friends, you know it didn't stay that way for long. In 1940, a man by the name of Arthur Lewis had had it up to here with all this ghost baloney. So he told his wife he was going to put an end to these ridiculous rumors and went down to the cemetery with a hammer and chisel. Locals who'd lived near the cemetery could hear the sound of Arthur chipping away at Carl's gravestone. But we know by now that Carl doesn't take too kindly to people disturbing his dirt nap. No one is really sure what happened, but soon after the sounds of hammering had started, also came a blood-curdling scream. Some local men rushed to the scene and found Arthur strangled by the chain that had held together the cemetery's fence. One source I found even mentioned that 
even though they had sworn they heard the sound of a hammer and chisel on stone, Carl's grave didn't look disturbed or damaged in the least. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, what happened to Carl? And can you go visit him? Well, a few years after Arthur's death, the cemetery closed, and all its bodies and headstones were moved to different locations. And in 1958, the entire area became a mine. So, that's the story of Carl Pruitt, the killer ghost. Good night. I hope you enjoyed this casual end to the year. I'm very tired, <laughs> so I, I apologize for the shorter episode. Um, it wasn't due to lack of trying. It was due to my bad mathematical skills, and I added the timestamps wrong. Also, the um, lamp story actually had a very large chunk of it that I had forgotten was just a lot of housekeeping about Patreon at the time, and it had nothing to do and was completely irrelevant to anything today, so I cut that all out. And it took a, a significant little chunk off the end, like probably five minutes or so, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot when you're counting and trying to make it to 40 minutes. Um, no one tells me to make it to 40 minutes. I always feel like I want to get to at least 40 minutes for all of you. It just feels like a good number or longer if possible. Or, you know, every once in a while I'll have some 30 something minute episodes and it's because I just really like the one story and I feel like shoving something in at the last minute is just not but just like right now I could probably go find something and just force it in and it wouldn't be that great or well researched researched did I say that right I'm tired the holidays rattled me it's it's New Year's Eve yes I am recording this <laughs> the day it comes out um so Oh, I was just like putting on chapstick while I was talking to you. This is recording. I don't know where my brain is at this week. You know, the holidays, Every everybody is a little bit loopy afterwards. I am no exception. Um, I hope all of you have a, a an, an astounding, a better than astounding 2021. I hope we can all live and learn from 2020. I don't, I don't even know what to say. 2020 was a bag of dicks, man. I, I don't know. It was bad. There was a lot of good. Personally, for me, there was a lot of good. I can't speak for all of you. I have friends who literally had the worst years of their entire lives for multitudes of reasons, not even counting the deadly pandemic. Um, let's not talk about that, shall we? We're, we're, in, we're in our safe space. I'm sorry about that. See, this is us chatting, and I just went off and you're like hey hey chill chill out chill out we're just we're just here and, you, and I'm like you're right right okay <sighs> anyway I wonder if you want do any of you have fun New Year's Eve plans I know we can't go anywhere um unless you are listening from what is it New Zealand and Australia I think you guys are doing pretty cool right now um the rest of us are not um I'm going to make lemon caper pasta and watch a movie and it'll be great i hope you all have a great evening uh 
make a wish at midnight, uh, kiss someone cool, kiss your dog or your cat or your loved ones, um, kiss your hand, give yourself some gratitude. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. This is weird. <sighs> anyway, goodbye to all my listeners who just decided to leave forever because this is not what they signed up for. <laughs> I wanted something different for the end of your episode and here it is. Well, I'm done uh, rambling in your ears. Next week, we'll, we, we will be back to typical spooky, atmospheric sound effects. I promise. All right. Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.